The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Thank you so much for joining us again. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and our talk today is going to be about multi-generational nursing teams, which is apparently a really hot topic. So uh, when I entered the nursing field, there were just two generations in the workforce. The veterans, or some people called them World War II uh, people and some people call them the greatest generation. So basically, those born between 1925 and 1945, and then the boomers, which included me, from 1946 to 1964. I went to a conference uh, on working with the two generations pretty early on in my career, and I was astounded at how many different ways the two generations were likely to misunderstand one another. So now we have um, uh, anywhere from five to six, some people counted as four, generations working together. And so the opportunity for misunderstanding has gone up exponentially. So my guest today is, um, again, we had talked with Dr. Paul Clements in December of 2018. We were talking about nurses who bully. And so I enjoyed the conversation so much, I asked him to come back and talk about um, multi-generational nursing teams. So, Paul, uh, would you like to... um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, uh, kind of bring us up to date. Sure. Well, greetings, everybody, and good afternoon to you. Uh, greetings from Asheville, North Carolina. We finally are digging out from under our snow, and I'm sure many of you who are listening are digging out from snow, too. Uh, I do work for Drexel University in Philadelphia. I teach online. However, um, I'm a forensic nurse by trade, uh, but we are affected by generations as well. I used to work in the hospital setting uh, when there were only three generations, uh, which were the veterans, the baby boomers, and early then Generation X. Um, Back in those days, Generation X was the least and most misunderstood generation, but since then we've got three more generations, uh, especially the millennials seem to have taken over the the Generation Xter uh, angst and issues. But regardless of what area you work in, in the nursing profession, uh, we absolutely do have issues with intergenerational or multi-generational, each term is appropriate, uh, with communication. And actually, for a very brief time, we are going to be working with six generations simultaneously. Uh, Part of the reason for that is, as Leanne mentioned, the veterans or the World War II uh, generation was started in 1925. Uh, up to the 40s, and uh, there are, including in academics, uh, people who are working well into their 80s now. Uh, you know, 80 is the new 60. Some would say 80 <laughs> yep. the new 50. Um, so what I want to do today is, is talk about the major issue with the intergenerational is communication, number one. Number two, our goals for professional uh, and personal uh, related goals. And then the third is is 
as the old saying goes, there's more than one way to get to the mountaintop. And so you have one generation who has all kinds of new ideas, and we have an older generation that says, well, we've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. And both think that they're right, and both of them may be right. Um, it is possible to do absolutely nothing wrong and still feel like you lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so as we go through this, um, if you're averse to generalizations and stereotyping, um, you might feel pigeonholed as belonging to a specific group uh, defined largely by the year of your birth. However, there's a social phenomenon that's known as the generation gap, and, and that gap can exist between all of these generations. Mm-hmm. What I want to do today is just uh, enhance a, uh, and widen your appreciation of the differences between people uh, from colleagues and managers from the youngest to the oldest. Uh, For example, one phenomenon that we're seeing with millennials and baby boomers is what what happens when you have a millennial that is like 29, 30 years old who is now your boss's boss, and Mm -hmm. you've been in the nursing profession for 30 years. Uh, As you can only imagine, not only does it potentially set things up for poor communication, um, but the generations do communicate differently. Uh, the person who is a millennial probably can't figure out why the person who is a baby boomer doesn't want to text and they <laughs> want to come into the office and the baby boomer comes in and the millennial's like, well, you could have just sent me an email. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. You may be what's called a cusper. Uh, generations usually happen across a period of time and we'll talk about that in a little bit and it's usually based on events uh, nationally and globally. And so if you're a cusper, you may identify with both. I was born in 1962. Uh, For the first part of my life, I was as baby boomer as you could get. I mean, I was of that generation that developed the term, thank God it's Monday. Uh, Let's go ahead and process this for five staff meetings and say, well, we can't vote because Sally wasn't here. Um, And... As I got older, I became actually more of a Generation X, is that I decided after working triples, and for some of you who are old enough, mm. you remember back when it was legal to work triples. Oh, my uh, And then uh, most of the next generations don't want to work doubles. And what we hear is, is that uh, baby boomers spent their entire lives telling the younger nurses, Generation X, you know, don't ever do that. Don't work triples. You end up sick all the time. Nobody appreciates you. Uh, you know, you make yourself sick, you don't, you lose all the money and taxes. So then when Generation X started saying, well, I'm not going to work a double, all of a sudden, yeah, baby boomers saying, well, I don't know why she went into nursing. She's not committed. So <laughs> that's just one example between the generations that we can look at. But I want to I read you a quote uh, about intergenerational um, differences. And this is from a nurse. Um, It is natural for youth to be full of hope and full of confidence and to think that the present is more important than the past, and it is natural for young nurses to think of their elders as croakers and wet blankets. (laughs) Well, this is an observation that was expressed by a nurse in 1935. So (laughs) if you can only imagine, this is something that has been going on, and as Leanne said, at one point it was only two generations, but it's getting very tricky with six generations. So imagine that you're a nurse manager, and you have a call-off, and you're trying to get somebody to come in, 
So you call the first nurse, and you're desperate, and you say, would you come in and pull an extra sift? Well, the veteran would be the first one to say, okay, what time do you need me? Because over time, veterans learned that they were rewarded if they obeyed the rules and they worked hard and they felt very committed to the industry. But then she calls the second nurse, who is a baby boomer, and the baby boomer says, well, call me back if you can't find anyone else. So the baby boomers won't ever leave the hospital in a lurch, you know, and sometimes it becomes exaggerated. And since I was baby boomer, I can do this without being uh, being offensive is, this is the group who say, okay, I'll work the double, but uh, because nobody else will. This is also the generation, which I don't think they do this in hospitals anymore, but when baby boomers were at the helm, this is when we had mandated overtime that you could mm-hmm. not leave unless your replacement was there. Um, mm-hmm. Then we get the third nurse, which is generation X and Y, and he says, well, how much are you going to pay me? So Generation X and Y nurses want to make money. They want job satisfaction, but they're not going to satisfy and sacrifice their personal life for an employer who could let them go at any time. And this comes out of, this is the group where they were raised in Enron and all kind of market crashes and things like that uh, when the unemployment was high, is they have a very hard time committing completely to any uh, facility. But Then the question becomes by some of the older nurses is that, well, they're not really committed to nursing because they're only into it for the money. One of the things we have to think about is is that those things are not mutually exclusive. I can still have care for my patients but want to get paid. Nurses historically undersell themselves completely. They do consulting services. They tend to undercharge. Mm -hmm. Um, And this generation basically said no. You know, we're supposed to go into nursing, not only to take care of patients, but that it's a lucrative and secure job. And then they called the fourth nurse, who's a millennial, and she says, well, I'm sorry I have plans, but maybe next time. <laughs> Millennials um, is, is growing to be one of the larger groups. Generation X and Y is one of the smaller groups. Um, they did not have as many children. Um, but millennials are more interested now in a sense of, Um, they work to live, they don't live to work. Work Mm -hmm. is just uh, one facet of their lives, which can include family, friends, social activities, taking care of themselves spiritually, yoga. Uh, So they're not wedded to having to come into work just because somebody called off. does not make them worse nurses, it just makes that they make different life choices. Yeah. So as I said, that there are often four or five generations, so we've talked about them, the veterans, the baby boomers. A lot of people put X and Y together, and the reason for that is, is that they are very similar. Um, Xers and Ys um, had, for the first time, the lowest rate of marriage. Uh, many of them have left organized religion. Uh, baby boomers, on the other hand, the divorce rate uh, at one time was 70%. Oh, so wow. the millennials, which are also known as the Y generation at times, or the Nexters, N-E-X-T-E-R-S, and then mm-hmm. we have another group, the sixth group, that we'll talk about in just a second. 
So as Leanne mentioned, uh, at one time we had two generations, and then when we had the third generation, things even then uh, got got uh, dicey and spicy. But once again, the age of people who are working and the longevity of life, and sometimes for financial uh, reasons, people are working uh, well into their 80s. So the last group, usually if I'm live, I ask people if they know what the last group is, and it's Generation Z, but it is also known as the I generation. So just like iPhone, small I generation, uh, this is because this group has never not known uh, smartphones, um, technology, swipe technology, apps. They're also known as the Homeland generation, like the Department of Homeland Security, Uh, because this group has never known our country not at war uh, or without the threat of terrorism or other types of things. So with this group, they live their entire lives attached to uh, technology. Uh, There's an app basically for everything, Uh, and we are even seeing that expansion in healthcare. And mm-hmm. what we have to remember is, is that some of the older folks who are not as uh, savvy, and when I say older, I don't mean just veterans. I mean some of the um, older boomers. I mean, some of them may be taking their first steps in technology, uh, whereas Generation Z and the millennials live on this. Uh, just to give you an idea of how the world has changed is the millennials and more so the early generation Zs who are coming in, the very young ones, but let's use millennials as an example. Um, many places, including corporations and now some hospitals, uh, are actually putting in contracts or policies that you will be required to speak face-to-face with your uh, director. Wow. So, so when your director says, I'd like to see you, you can't text back and say, well, what's up? And the <laughs> director says, well, I need to see you. Well, I'm doing a catheter. What's up? Is Can you imagine we've come to a point with technology that we actually have to have a contract that says you will have to talk yeah. to your boss in person? Hmm. So that is very interesting. With this, I'm sorry? <clears throat> that is very interesting. Yes. Um, the other thing that we're seeing, too, is especially more so in corporate America, in addition to signing that on your contract, you have to give them permission to, um, before you're employed, to peruse your Facebook page. Really? So that they can see um, what kind of representation you would have. Uh, you know, if you've got pictures of you drunk all the, on the beach for six days in, uh, in mm-hmm. Texas on, on uh, spring break, you know, are they are they taking a risk? You know, for hiring somebody who uh, may have that alcoholism problem. So, the world is changing, and with this group, they are completely with Z. They are completely uh, comfortable with technology. Another way to think about um, generations is you all know that we have um, a very politically correct society now, and we have not only protected categories, but we're all taught about sensitivity. But age is now one of the new ones, as are the perspectives and thinking styles. So it's not just language and ethnicity and religion and nationality and sexual orientation and gender. Is We're now having to be thoughtful about age and with that, experiences, 
and perspectives and thinking styles. So we can't just say, well, she's old, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or he's old. They don't know what they're talking about. Is I will tell you this. When the computers crash and the power goes down more than just 15 minutes, <laughs> you're going to be very thankful if you have a veteran working or a baby boomer because they're going to be able to help you learn how to do everything on paper because you have to keep a documentation. We charted on paper. We wrote medications on paper. And the veterans will be the ones who know where everything that you need is hidden, the extra IV bags, the blankets, <laughs> because <clears throat> that's the way they were frugal. So those right. who are baby boomers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So what we'll see as we communicate is we want people to be able to share the best of what they have with each other without feeling threatened. So let's go ahead and take our first break here, and then we're yeah, going to move into... Yeah, I was just into... thinking that. That would be a good time for a break. And, um, yep. yeah, let's, uh, let's do that, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I'm Leanne Meyer. We're talking today about multi-generational nursing teams, and Dr. Paul Clements from Drexel University is with us. So please come on back at the other side of the break. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You 
are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. All right, this is Leanne Meyer. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And we are back talking about multi-generational nursing teams. And I'm here with Dr. Paul Clements. He has been uh, fascinating me, and I'm hoping other people too, with some of the differences that go on. So, Paul, I'm just going to let you dive right into what you would like to talk about next. Sure. So as we start to move ourselves away from the differences about how we can start merging together is what we, what we have to start thinking about is that um, how do we communicate respectfully uh, and also how can you work with somebody who may say something in a different way but you're able to understand what they're saying without getting upset or disrespecting them. Uh, I will tell you, I talked about bullying last time I was here and I made a comment mm-hmm. um, that the, the biggest contention group uh, for bullying in both directions tends to be the baby boomers and the millennials. Uh, X and Y, I think because they're a small cohort and they sort of run under the radar because they're just a little bit old enough that they're not seen as old-fashioned term whippersnappers. Um, <laughs> some of them probably have never heard the term whippersnapper. That means somebody who's really <laughs> new. And part of the reason that this goes on, not just with bullying, is, uh, and you can probably see why that would happen, especially with the older nurses who make the younger nurses feel like they they can never do anything right, which is a form of bullying. Mm -hmm. And then you have the millennials who make the older people feel like they don't know what they're doing and that they're out of of date and out of place. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that tends to be uh, one of the, the biggest groups of contention. And when you think about millennials, okay, when they're new grads, they're going to know all this information because they've just been immersed in all the textbooks, all the current information. But then you have the baby boomers who say, well, we've been doing it this way for 25 years and it works just fine. Mm-hmm. So, or the other way up. that we've, we've already tried what you're talking about and it didn't work. Yes. Right. Exactly. But it may not have worked then, but mm-hmm. it works now. But Older nurses are often dependent upon the younger nurses for coaching, mentoring, uh, and guidance when it comes to the computer. I mean, think of mm-hmm. it this way. Is instead of you know, feeling threatened, that would be the person I would want uh, to seek out. When I was a new nurse working in neurosurgery, I was, I was young uh, when I graduated from nursing school, and I went right into neurosurgery, and... Do you know who taught me the best of most of everything I did was an older LPN. So not only mm-hmm. did she have two strikes against her, if you would think of it that way, because she was much older and she was, quote, unquote, only an LPN. Mm-hmm. She's the one that taught me more than anybody because she had been there the longest and in the trenches. So we sort of have to flip the generational relationships because in return, you know, that the older nurses can help us cut corners and save time and all of those things. And I'm amused by uh, a cartoon 
of a nurse, a young nurse who's standing next to her patient's bed and she's got her smartphone and she says, I see from your Facebook status that you're experiencing abdominal discomfort. And it makes me chuckle because it gives a good example about, and of course that doesn't happen, but about Mm -hmm. how nurses of different generations see different modes of communicating. Uh, We also see that hospitals are facilitating many of the younger generations, which, uh, let me give you an example. When I was in the hospital last, I was there for 12 days, and a millennial, she was either a millennial or very, um, one of the the older Zs, but she came in with an iPad, and she says, well, we're ready to discharge you. Now, me being a baby boomer and being old-fashioned, I'm sitting there, and I'm looking like, where's the the stack of 35 papers from my discharge instructions, right? Mm -hmm. So she's she's got her smartphone in one hand and she has her iPad in the other and she starts going over all my discharge instructions and we go through all of them. She goes through my meds. She goes through everything. And so when she was all done, I said, so you're going to give me a copy of all this, right? And she said, no, I'm going to give you a URL, So when I went home, I could go to the Internet and click on my discharge instructions as many times as I wanted online and listen Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. So the world has changed, and you can imagine if you're somebody from one of the older generations, it's easy to say, well, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, one of the things that kept coming up for me between uh, myself and an ex-generation person was just things like when I wanted to look something up and I didn't have the resource readily there. And oftentimes it was something I thought she would know and I'd ask her and she'd say, well, let's just Google it. And I was like, Google it. I mean, I had no, that wouldn't even entered my mind to Google it. No. So. And I'm just moving my parents out. And as I was going through with the movers, we had encyclopedias that we bought every year. And if it wasn't yeah. in the encyclopedia, you didn't know the answer. Exactly. So, I mean, we've flipped so far. But now I want to flip the coin, too, is that we have to be mindful that just because we have discharge instructions that are on, you know, uh, electronic and things like that, there are also some things that we can't change. I'm reminded of a cartoon where there's uh, an older nurse and he's getting ready to defibrillate somebody and the and the younger nurse who looks like possibly like millennial the nurse the older nurse has to say and no before you ask me the defibrillator is not yet available as an iPhone app <laughs> so there just are certain things that we're going to have to realize that we're going to yeah. need to work together So generations are really defined less by age or time period than having similar life experiences of people, places, major events. Most Mm -hmm. people remember where they were when either Kennedy was shot, if you were alive, but when Challenger exploded. Mm -hmm. uh, Kids were all basically strapped to their seats to watch Kristen McAuliffe go, and they watched her die live. most people remember where they were when Kurt Cobain died, if that was the generation mm-hmm. that they were from. Sure. So it's more about things that we share, and it's not just your family life or things like that. It's major events. I remember where I was when the tsunami hit on the day after Christmas. And what mm-hmm. it does is that between popular culture and events, it does shape who we are. Just like when I talked about the millennials, um, they went through Enron and all those things. Why would they trust something that could be uh, temporary? Mm-hmm. 
I remember, let me give you another one that will blow your mind. I'll bet every baby boomer out there remembers when MTV premiered. And MTV does not even exist. And if we were in the room, I would ask people, because just how corny it is, is that Uh what was the name of the very first video? And it was Radio Killed the Video, or Video Killed the Radio Star by the the Buggles. Um. I'm going to slide along here. So generations typically span about 20 years, but it can be shorter than that. And I talked about the cuspers, where there's a dividing line, where you may be on either side. Uh, Before the Zs came along, traditionalists or veterans were about 5%, baby boomers about 40%, Generation X 40%, and then the millennials about 15%. So... Other things we need to think about, uh, I always tell millennials, I mean, I always tell the baby boomers that if, if they are having issues working with millennials, well, if you're going to be working in the next four to five years, you better figure it out because this statistic blew my mind. In four years, millennials will account for nearly half of the employees in the world. Yep. Yeah, so I, I get that. Means your bosses, your professors, many of them are going to be much younger than you. Well, those of us who are boomers have been very, very used to being the majority of everything. Our entire lives, we have been this big majority that everybody is catered to and everything, you know, went according to how we wanted it to. Even elevator music is, you know, our generation. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I can see where um, as they become a minority, it's going to be very interesting. I, uh, I have to share this story just to show it. I had to go to Verizon store the other day and get a new phone, and there was this guy who definitely was like Generation Z, and they were playing, as you said, baby mm-hmm. boomer music, and this song came on, Dancing Queen, which if you're my age, you know who sang mm-hmm. that. And he's sitting there singing the lyrics, and I said, do you even know who sang, sings this song? And he goes, no, I have no idea. And I'm like, you weren't even born when this song came out, but things yes. are going back around here. Mm-hmm. Um, The higher payoff for all of us is higher employee engagement and, of course, improved patient care. We do know that stress and tension between the generations, uh, including bullying, we do see that there are, uh, and obviously the things we don't want, more falls, medication errors, um, people leaving, uh, managers, absolutely. If we have any managers in the audience, is that uh, if we have time toward the end, I'm going to talk a little bit about the management leadership part. Is you can't avoid these things when they're on your unit because they will fester and they will get worse. And the patient yes. at the end of the uh, production line is the one who's going to suffer. Um, you can't have one nurse coming in and saying, uh, you "Don't listen to the other one." You know, she mm-hmm. she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, So conflict resolution is going to be even more important than it was before. If people thought they could get along with just avoiding or um, being the computer, uh, isn't going to work going forward. Agreed. And I like to use an example when we talk about uh, generations growing up with certain events and certain morals, if you will, um, and different views on life. And, you know, morals is a very... Um, subjective term uh, because just because what I think is not appropriate doesn't mean that 
in that generation that it's accepted normal behavior. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just like to use TV shows as an example of how different generations communicate based on also what they were exposed to. So now for the younger generations, they're going to have no idea who some of these people are, but for the older ones, <laughs> so with the traditionalists basically think of Leave it to Beaver as yeah. a TV show, is everything was forthright, people were frugal, you never really lied, and if you did, you had all the contrition and you were self-correcting, uh, and this pretty much is that generation, and their divorce rate was extremely low, and when people worked at uh, one job, um, they kept it. And one other thing that I read that really fascinated me about this is uh, in that generation, and with some of the older baby boomers, I want the younger people to think about this as far as the nursing profession, is most people, most women in the uh, traditionalist or veteran group had three choices for a career. Mm-hmm. It was secretary, uh, nurse, or school teacher. Yep. And Take your so pick. many of them went into nursing because that was their choice. Then you get into the baby boomers, and I want you to think, these are all family-oriented, by the way, so you'll see the pattern. Think of the Brady Bunch. This is the first time that a husband and wife on TV were ever in the same bed. All of it was about morals and lessons, uh, about right and wrong, trying things new ways, rethinking about things. Uh, Baby boomers in the nursing field, part of the reason I think that they take such ownership is that um, in baby boomer era, we tried everything, primary care nursing, and then we didn't like that. So then we tried milieu nursing, and then we didn't like that. And then we tried uh, primary care nursing, and then we came all the way back around to team nursing. Mm -hmm. Is Some say that baby boomers are the ones who established the nursing profession as a respectable profession. And so I think that that's why a lot of times there's so much ownership that by the baby boomers that when they feel like they're underappreciated, they, of course, respond uh, negatively. Generation Xers, their TV family was Roseanne. Oh, this is okay. the generation that really started to question things like lesbian and gay issues, ageism, substance abuse publicly, uh, what the real family structure, when I say real, meaning is that they were much more comfortable airing their dirty laundry, if you will, Mm -hmm. which the Mm -hmm. baby boomers and the traditionalists really did not. So this is when conversations started changing between nurses. Mm -hmm. This is when you started to hear people saying, well, I can't believe she said that. That's so inappropriate. And, um, And sometimes they could be seen as flippant. The other mm-hmm. family during that era was the Simpsons, which, oh, of course, was very, very irreverent, um, where people felt like they, you know, as they grew up, they could say uh, more things. And then the millennials, their family is modern family. And this is a perfect example of uh, independence, that family is important and work is important, but they, they do not overshadow uh, life. So one of the most obvious important differences in nurses from the different generations is their communication style. I was sharing with Leanne over the break, for example, and we're going to talk about this in a minute as we get into the last part, but I want to share it before I forget. Baby boomers tend to want to talk about everything in detail. Uh, We were laughing during the break is instead of calling and saying, you know, hey, could you do this or whatever, it's, 
it's more like a whole conversation. My family gets aggravated because not only is it a southern thing, but when I'm checking out at the grocery store, I talk to this person, how's your mother and whatever, and they're like, do you know her? And I'm like, no, I never met her. (laughs) But it was like I had this whole conversation. Millennials, on the other hand, they want to get right to the point. A lot of times they want electronic. And even in education, we use something that's called chunking. As a baby boomer, I used to write out my announcements and everything in full detail because baby mm-hmm. boomers, and if I didn't, baby boomers would be calling me or emailing me saying, well, you didn't say, should it be this or should it be that? With mm-hmm. chunking, basically, it's maybe four short two-sentence paragraphs, and they want to know, what's the assignment, how do I do it, where do I get the information, and when is it due, and how are mm-hmm. you going to grade it? And yep. both can be right. Neither is wrong, but I have to be mindful uh, that each cohort of students I have, I have to be prepared to uh, deal with it. Because traditionalists prefer face-to-face conversations and staff meetings. Boomers prefer face-to-face group meetings and telephone calls, and their communication was much more open and less formal than the previous generation. Xers and Ys prefer emailing and texting with direct and to-the-point communication, and they historically, and a lot, this is all based on research, so by the way, I'm not, these are not subjective aspersions that I'm making, but okay. they just like prolonged discussion. You know, it's like, just get to the point. I don't need, I don't need the whole story. You know, if I want yeah. to find the story, I'll, go- <laughs> as you said, Leanne, I'll Google, Google it. it. <laughs> <laughs> And millennials prefer fragmented communication like text or Twitter. Um, We're starting to see now that uh, hospitals, if any of you have portals, you can thank the millennial generation for that, is you can get text reminders about everything, your medications and your uh, follow-up care, uh, all the way right down to uh, making appointments and uh, the portal. You know, in the old days, I would have to wait several days to get my lab results and half the time now in the portal I get them within a few hours right. so we can thank the millennials for that and we're going to take a break in just yeah. a minute but I do, I do want to say that before we get into the communications part is imagine a baby boomer and a millennial and each of them are saying to the other look my words came out fine it's just that you processed them incorrectly in your brain <laughs> So yeah, that's I will really leave good. that for our next break, and then we'll slide into communication. That sounds good. So this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. I'm here with Dr. Paul Clements from Drexel University, and we're talking about multi-generational nursing teams, and we'll be talking about communication when we get back. So join us on the back of the commercial. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne and Leanne Meyer, and I am having a great time on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. We're talking about men, multi-generational nursing teams, and um, so many memories are coming back with this. So, uh, Dr. Paul uh, Clements is with me, and um, you wanted to talk about communication between the different generations. Well, welcome back, everybody. So we've talked about generations, and we've talked about some of the differences um, that are inherent to some of them. Once again, I will give the caveat is you don't have to feel uh, pigeonholed, is the old-fashioned word, into one or the other, but some of you probably are identifying that you are right smack in the middle of what I've described, and some of the others, uh, just like I did, may cross over. But the most important thing now that we've talked about that is how do we get along? And it, basically, it's mutual understanding and respect. Uh, those have always should have been uh, in, uh, in our nursing. But I'm going to use a phrase that I absolutely hate, but I guarantee you, every one, of, every one of you probably have heard it all the way down to the new Generation Z is that nurses eat their young. Mm. And I hate that phrase, and I do not use it uh, anymore. And I use it as my uh, rally call when I find myself frustrated with a colleague or a student Mm -hmm. is I have to keep the mutual understanding and respect because we may see things differently. And so there's a term that I like to use. It's transmute, uh, Hmm. P-R-A-N-S-M-U-T-E. To me, uh, when you use transmutation, basically it's sort of a filter is, uh, or think of it as something electric, is that you've got, um, one charge on the other, and you've got one charge on the other, and if they were to touch directly, it could explode. And what you need is something like a filter in between those so that as the energy passes from your direction to the other, it comes out with the right voltage, and it, it, when it goes into reverse, it has to go through this transmuter, if you will, and come out the other. So you may be talking about the same thing in different ways, and what that transmuter does is sort of translate um, what you're talking about. So once again, is there an app for that? No, there's not. (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) If there was, I'd be rich. Yes. So we don't want to come across as eating our young and you know, it can go in reverse. We can also Mm -hmm. eat our elders, especially now that the, um, 
you know, the expectations. Um, many of, uh, so one of the things I do want to herald, I have two friends who um, finished their PhDs in nursing by the time they were 28. Wow. wow. Um, I have taught four of my associate degree and math bachelor's degree professors in my college classes because I finished my Ph.D. by 36, and they did not start their Ph.D. until their 50s. Uh-huh. So the, the tables, if you will, were turned, and, you know, um, they, they wanted to make sure they were respectful of my position, and I wanted to be respectful of the fact that I wouldn't have been there if they didn't teach me. So mm-hmm. life experience is something that we don't want to minimize with the older generations. Um, but the dangers of not learning this communication is a source of conflict, low job satisfaction. I've talked to many people who have left their jobs just simply because they said that they just couldn't tolerate that. But everyone from old to young, has, has they've chosen nursing as a career. Nobody forces anybody to go to school uh, and uh, become a nurse unless they have a fundamental desire to deliver high-quality patient care. We should have that as a foundational thing. And I don't know about you, but in my mind, nursing is such a complex and very involved and tiring sometimes profession, regardless of how much money you're going to make or if you can work 12-hour shifts. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that anybody ventures, and taking the education, I don't think anybody ventures down the road just for those things. I think that there is an underlying care. And I think I may have mentioned this before, Leanne, but I don't know if I did. But two years ago, U.S. US News and World Report, um, and uh, I can't think of the name. It wasn't Gallup. It's a big um, survey thing. But out of all bachelor's degrees, all of them, chemistry, psychology, nursing was determined to be the most strenuous and difficult yes. degree to get out of all degrees. Yeah. So I just don't think people go in <laughs> to nursing for the money. Um, or if they do, they don't stay there very long. <laughs> that's true. Well, let, yeah. let me comment on that, Leanne. Many of the millennials have left nursing because the BSN is such a strong degree or if they get an MSN, they can become entrepreneurs and actually make more money. Mm-hmm. So this is another reason that they become so dissatisfied. But here's one thing I want you all to think about when you engage with somebody that you disagree with, especially if there's an age or power gradient. Everybody wants to be respected. Mm-hmm. And what's important is is that the foundational goal is something that I call keeping their ego integrity intact. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is is when you disagree with somebody, nobody ever wants to be made to be feel stupid, embarrassed, um, dumb. I mean, I could mm-hmm. go on and on with all the uh, you know adjectives that people use. Is we really have to stop and think about how am I coming across, you know, to this person, and do I really need to go down that road, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learning, it's a lifelong learning to be aware um, of how we treat others, number one. And number two, I think that one of the things that we can do to enhance our intergenerational conversation is, is don't do this when you're in the middle of a disagreement with one of your colleagues. Right. But when you have a quiet moment, stop yeah. and think about what pushes your buttons. Because if you know what pushes your buttons and you see it coming, you can step back and not be reactive 
you can mm-hmm. be proactive. Well, and even with that, if you can sit down with that individual when you're no longer angry with each other and talk about my buttons were pushed by these three things that happen. So I'm reacting to you like the two electric charges are coming together and you're seeing an explosion, but you don't know where it came from. When you're not angry with each other, you can talk through that, hopefully, and then come to a a decision on, I'm going to ask you not to say this word or, you know, this context or phrase or something so that the next time it happens, even if you start to tread in that direction, you know, the other person can give you kind of the eye and go, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not supposed to go there. So, again, it's just another way of being respectful. Right. And just when you give the eye, don't don't make it an evil eye. Yeah, right. <laughs> just a but, raised um, eyebrow a little bit. Well, yes. And what I call that behavior is self-correcting behavior. Mm-hmm. None of us are perfect. We're going to make mistakes. The issue is, is do we go back or do we let it fester? If yeah. we let it fester, that's not self-correcting. But there's other things that, you know, we have more in common perhaps than we don't realize, but it's generationally based. For example, I think communicating is much more meaningful than whether or not a nurse has a tattoo mm-hmm. and, and, and whether or not they have to use reading glasses. Mm-hmm. There are just certain things. When I was growing up, some of you may find this um, humorous and some of you may not even understand it, but in my generation, the only people who had tattoos were sailors, motorcycle, bike riders, and, and prostitutes. Exactly. I, mean, I always laugh at this. And <laughs> what I think about is how interesting the nursing homes are going to be in another 50 years or so. Oh, yes. If there it's are such a thing. And now instead of somebody having, you know, one small tattoo on their, their uh, shoulder, they have what? They're called uh, cuffs, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, that, you know, the whole arm. And, you know, there's been all kind of discussion um, by the baby boomers about policy as well. They have to cover those up. Well, sometimes you can't cover them up, number one. And now times have shifted that they're actually considered pieces of art, as long Mm -hmm. as they're not obscene or something like that, obviously. But let's think about another thing between generations. What about the millennial nurse who's burdened by having young children at home? Well, Mm -hmm. What if we assume that an older colleague has a much stressful, less stressful life because all of her children are grown and in college, but you may not remember the older nurse could be taking care of aging parents, making the situations much more similar than different. Mm-hmm. And so we all get tired, and if we look at the similarity and common goals of how we want to care for our patients, um, then we do have to learn how to communicate. Yes. So with leadership strategies as we come into the home stretch, so regardless of generation, policy is policy is policy. So it is important for managers to say that every employee is held to the same work expectation, organizational policies, and procedures. But now at the same time, nurse leaders should also consider that individual employees may have different needs and generational differences about how they do something. So if one nurse Googles and the other nurse has experience and they both are able to give competent care to the patient that they may, she may take care of on day shift and then the other one comes in on 3 to 11, you don't have to throw the other person under the bus and say, well, mm-hmm. she doesn't know what she's talking about because the patient may say, oh, well, she brought in this little device and gadget. Aren't you going to use that? No, 
I like to do mine by hand, not by a machine. Well, they're both tried and true. I mean, Mm -hmm. we can have preferences without having to antagonize each other. Um, But the big thing is, is that nurse leaders have got to enforce the policies uh, when people have uh, things to do. Uh, Let me move through here because we're just about out of time. Yeah, we're almost out of time, yeah. Yep. So personal feedback that is sensitive and sensitive and targeted are the terms I like to use is it is important when somebody comes in, whether it's a baby boomer who may want to have a whole long conversation or you have a millennial, for example, that just wants to get to the point, am I in trouble? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or did I do something? Uh, with all of the generations, I think that what is important is, is that you want to be targeted and sensitive. So if you do those two things, you're usually going to win because you don't pull in all of the other affectively charged things, whether it's a baby boomer, Generation X, Y, or millennial. So it doesn't matter about that because then you're also going to be sensitive of that, yes, you did, you did get in trouble, but we, you, know, you did something wrong, but now how can we move forward uh, from here? Remember, a couple of real quick things. We've got about 90 seconds left, but if I, other than the generations, if I can leave a few things with you is experience and perception. Okay, and when I say experience, some of the experience may be technology, whereas other mm-hmm. experience may be years of service. Mm-hmm. Keep people's ego integrity intact. We don't have to attack each other because of our age differences, and nobody may be right or wrong. You just may be going about it differently. And for leaders, remember, targeted and sensitive uh, intervention. I want to say thank you in the last, uh, I guess, 30 seconds for letting me come back again. Thank you, Leanne. Uh, Thank you to everybody there. I hope that some of this information uh, was helpful and also that we all got some good chuckles and we also got some uh, good memories and reminiscing. (laughs) Thanks so much, Dr. Clements. I really appreciate it. And this is Leanne Meyer from Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And again, I hope you did enjoy this show and please join us next week. We're going to continue in talking about communication between nurses. And I think that will be interesting also. So we'll be talking with Kathleen Bartholomew and Laura Hanaski. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.